Okay, okay, quiet down. Welcome to Camp Sad Styles Productions. Here's a little orientation on what to expect this week at camp. On Tuesday, it's a retro video game class. The Retrograde Podcast is taking on the Monstars when they play the original Space Jam in honor of Space Jam, a new legacy. On a special day, Wednesday, we will teach you about sports gambling and how to lose money on the British Open and losing money with Andrew Baskin. On Thursday, a lesson on sports marketing. Now that the Stanley Cup has been handed out, the work is only just beginning on the sign-off, a framework podcast. Also on Thursday, a training on how to get hurt and make money doing it. The Jackass crew continues their stump-by-stump breakdown of season two of the TV show Jackass. We hope you enjoy your summer, but don't forget to sign our extensive waiver, wear sunscreen, swim with a buddy, but most importantly, don't forget to get into it. Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Hello and welcome. My name is Mikey Aaronworth signing on to the Sign Off Frameworth podcast for yet another week. And this is one of those weeks where we're going to sit down with just Brian Aaronworth, the president of Frameworth, who is joining me now. Say hello. Hello, guys uh, and, and girls. And myself, uh, Mikey Aaronworth. Uh, we're going to be sitting down and talking just the two of us as uh, as kind of another inside look at the world of sports marketing and sports memorabilia, which is essentially what we had set out to do at the start of this podcast. We've had quite a few celebrities uh, and, and hockey players and, and, and you know, player representatives reach out to us and we've had them on the podcast uh, because obviously we're not going to say no to that. We want them on as well, but we do love to kind of ground things back to where we started and give everyone a look at a world of uh, the world of sports that exists beyond just the playing fields themselves. So this week, obviously, we're uh, at, at the time of this this recording, we're not quite through the NHL playoffs, but by the time you're going to be listening to it, the playoffs will be over. A team will have been crowned the uh, new Stanley Cup champions, yep. and uh, we have our preferences as to who we would like to see win that. Uh, but right now, it's looking as though you know Montreal, their their backs up against the wall. To kind of put this into perspective as to when we're recording this, they uh, were going into Game Five, and uh, who knows? You know, you guys know we do not. It's dramatic irony. We're not sure where uh, the series is going to lie, but we're not so focused on whether or not we're happy that the team that won won. What I want to do is kind of take us through a journey of the mind of a, uh, a self-proclaimed marketing mastermind, thinking <laughs> about what there is to do in the world of sports marketing and sports memorabilia around the time of the Stanley Cup playoffs when the stakes are so high. So I literally want to go through the bracket. I want to start by the initial uh, round and say, these were the teams that were facing each other and just get a, pick your brain a little bit. You know, where your head's at who you're cheering for, why you're cheering for them, best case scenario, worst case scenario, which games you're watching, which games are making you cringe. Uh, And we'll go from there and then we'll get into a little bit about how we as a company have to react based on the shifting landscape of the playoffs and and, and how they kind of wind up. So are you you on board with this? I'm on board. It'll be interesting because I got to go back and think about how I was thinking during. So you'll you'll walk me through. And through through the haze of uh, of the the, the, uh, self-medicated alcohol to get you through some of the worst games. Uh, The the first well, you've seen me in the worst of times and the best of and times. the best of times. Oh, remind us at one point to tell the story of my dad at the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. No, Pittsburgh you don't Penguins want to go through that. And, uh, <laughs> that's a good one. One day, stay tuned. We'll get into it. Um, so we start off. We have uh, we have Colorado versus St. Louis. This is a pretty easy one, it seems to me, because we have some affiliations with some of the players on Colorado um, and, uh, and, and you know, a past history with them. Is this, is this a, a, a series to you that meant anything? Were you, were you keeping Yeah, big time. Um, so we look at the overall bracket from, from a business point of view. We have a great relationship with uh, Nathan McKinnon. We represented him exclusively for quite some time. And, uh, and Nate's a great guy. Uh, very good friends with Sydney, who obviously we we represent as well. So um, we have nobody on St. Louis. Right. I mean, we have relationships with players, but not exclusively. So we can get product, and we have product from uh, alumni and current players. But our big our big ticket would be uh, Colorado, and uh, and they were one of the favorites to win. They were one of the favorites. Now, why don't we talk then before we get into the other teams? 
some of the other big ticket teams that we had starting these playoffs. Colorado is obviously one of them. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, obviously one yes. of them. Montreal Canadiens, also huge. huge for us. Uh, and they just so happened, no one has forgotten this yet, uh, to be facing each other in the first round. So one of those teams were going to go. We, uh, we had uh, some other associations with Tampa because we did a lot uh, with their Stanley Cup gifting last year. Uh, not too much to do with too many of the other teams apart from, well, there's that Pittsburgh. little team out in Pennsylvania stepping over the punchline in Pittsburgh. We've had a quite a good relationship with Sidney Crosby over the years. Um, apart from that, your perspective going in, is it more focused on the players we represent on each team or is it more, are you more eager to have a team with whom we've dealt in some sort of gifting program win the cup? Uh, uh Mostly, well, a little bit of both. Like Tampa, we're in a win-win situation right now. I won't jump ahead, but, um, you know, depending on the team, if Minnesota wins, we got There's not nothing. much we can do there. Um, yeah. And, it, you know, other other people have players on those teams that, that are valuable to them if they win. Um, but um, for the most part, teams, San Jose or any of those, you know, southern teams, even L.A., we have some relationships with uh, – with Dowdy and and we can get access product, but we're always looking for uh, primarily um, teams to win with our exclusive players that we represent because obviously we control the marketplace sure. there. And then the second thing is some something like relationships that we have with teams that we work very hard at, which is uh, Tampa. We did a significant amount of business uh, with the last Stanley Cup that they won and. Uh, you know, we're just doing generic product, even though we don't have uh, a lot of players. We have access to them, yeah. but we don't have exclusive. So we can't control that narrative. Which which is interesting, because then we're just, we're relying on our own marketing and product pitches. There's nothing proprietary about we're com what we're coming to the table with. And what's interesting- Except that we're the best at what we do. Exactly. And that makes, us, uh, that makes our products proprietary because we're always ahead of the curve. The only ones who can do it. And that's why we got those jobs and, right. and, and, and hopefully continue to. Now, it's funny because typically if you would have asked us, you know, uh, what, what does Tampa winning the cup do for you? We may not have said very much because we didn't have an enormous past relationship with them. Um, we got in there and that was great. But it just goes to show that with every team winning the cup, because they now have everyone going to them. It could open up some new doors. So there is always an element of luck when the Stanley Cup finals are happening that you could have a Minnesota in there against a Nashville and 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 it turns out which in our is favor. a dead issue for us unless we have built a relationship. Now many of the teams because of our NHL licensing come to us anyway. They know what we've done in the past. Right. And then we'll approach them with a whole portfolio of things that we can um, come to the table with that are ready to go in the event of a win. And we'll start that at the beginning. Why, of the why don't you give some examples of what those products are? If we're not, if we're not giving, you know, obviously you've seen the frames out there. You've seen the signed picture of Sidney Crosby holding up the Stanley cup. Obviously they have to come to us for that. What are the sorts of items that you're talking about here that we would end up doing for a company? And, and how did we end up getting into that, that game? Well, this, this, we were at, right at the beginning. We're at the forefront. There's a lot of big companies out there ha have copied our little company which uh, in, in a lot of the ways that we've done it, we were the first uh, to bring to, to ask the NHL for the nets from the game. Right. Uh, okay. Right. And we would take those nets and, and, and if a big goal was scored into them, or if it's a playoff net, then we can add that to any piece of product as a collectible to say you ha own a piece of the net that was used in the Stanley cup final. Right. And that's a big deal to a lot of collectors and it's not that expensive. So we started asking the NHL for that, and originally they just gave them to us, and then they wanted their cost back. And then um, other people, other companies started realizing the value of them, so they started asking the NHL. Then we got into a bidding war, and then, you know, um, we get some now and we don't get some. Yeah, so yeah. now a lot of times the team will pull them out, and then if we're working with the team, they give them to us because I don't think anybody reacts faster to a win uh, than Frameworth does, including the big companies like Upper Deck, which I don't think is even interested in this type of business, or Fanatics, which can't ramp up necessarily as fast as, as we can. So this is our forte. Uh, team wins. We're all over this. We can have product shipped out within a week. Now, it's interesting you bring that up because you're talking about reacting to the winner. Now, a lot of people may not know this, and I'll use this as an example. There are hats and shirts 
that get donated to countries that that need clothing, for example, that say that um, that uh, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs would have won the state. Maybe not that because it's it's essentially once it gets to the Stanley Cup Finals, well, for you, example, the the they have pre-made Tampa and Montreal. They'll have championship hats already for done both they? of them, right? Already, so they pre-do them. If you go to some of these places who may not even watch hockey, they're wearing a championship hat for the Vegas Golden Knights or something like that because that exists for them somewhere in Zimbabwe. You know exactly. Like who knows? You can find them, and I wonder how much those would actually be worth. They may be collectors' items, or maybe they're cursed i'm not sure but i think though that it's important to bring that up because what we do is similar to that before the stanley cup finals are over you know we're recording this before anyone has has risen the raised the cup over their head and yet we still have product designed in both cases and we've already started working with the teams in advance of this to make sure you know like sure. you said we want to be ready uh you know the 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 day or the week that the cup is is handed out or awarded to be sh- to be shipping these items right off the get go. Yeah, I mean this isn't our first rodeo, so we have been doing this so, so many years. We know what photographs are going to be taken. Yeah, you know you always have the iconic. There's the team uh, shot. Uh, team shot on the on the ice that Which, Wayne Gretzky was the first one. I to was going to say that a lot of people don't know this, but that team shot that uh, that that every team takes with the Stanley Cup, where everyone is lined up and the goalies laying down. Wayne Gretzky orchestrated the first yeah, one. That was the first one. So that happens every year. Um, we know that the ice can be melted down and put into a little uh, container, so you have a a piece of the Stanley Cup ice. We know that the nets exist. Um, so there's, there's, if you're, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, I've got, uh, I'm holding that up right there. There's an acrylic puck that we did for the, uh, one of the century games, uh, of, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs right. zone item that we did there. So uh, we have all those products that we know are going to exist. We send them to the team with maybe, a, uh, another teams or, or a fa- you know, a, a, a image in there that says, uh, Stanley cup photo in this place. Sure. Sure. And all the other things are ready to go. And we are ready to go with those and can produce hundreds, if not thousands of pieces within days of the cup win. So I want to now draw a huge distinction between what it's like to watch the Stanley Cup finals as a fan and what it's like to watch the Stanley Cup finals as someone who's in business with this. Now, you talk as a fan about, I remember the Leafs went up three to one against Montreal and all the Leafs fans were saying was, don't say we're going to win. Don't say it. You're don't be superstitious. Don't jinx it. Don't you know it's always don't jinx, don't jinx, don't jinx. We are talking to the Tampa Bay Lightning for example, and they are placing orders for what happens if they win the cup, which if you're a player or a fan is sacrilegious. Yeah. You don't mention winning it. You don't think you, you don't say you have good chances. You just wait for it to happen. You cheer your heart out. In the world of business when you want to be first to the punch, you cannot be superstitious about any of this and you know what even then you can't think of everything you're absolutely right you don't want to be you, you got to be ready uh, like you said there's hats being made now that that will be sold at a deep deep discount yeah. but we have to be ready so there's that aspect of it but when you look at teams and you asked how how i react to different players i look i grew up in toronto so i'm yeah at heart i was always a toronto maple leaf diehard fan sure still love the team we have players on it, so it makes it easier yep. to to justify me rooting for them. Yeah, but we went into the first round with Toronto and Montreal. Yes, and we represent Sydney Cross. We represent um, uh, Shea Price, Weber, Carey Price, and Josh Anderson exclusively. So we we have a big uh, advantage over our competition in that area. Right, and the competition would kind of like to obscure the fact that by put posting pictures of carry price on their website sure that they they have a relationship with them right. but that's not the case we we have uh uh and so any new product coming out with carry price is going to be from framework for sure same with anderson and weber that's big to control three of their best players yes uh in one shot we also have some caulfield and suzuki product which isn't our exclusive however so that would have been big and toronto we we represent um john tavares mitch marner Morgan Riley and have access to Simmons and a number of other players as well. So in either case, uh, we, we have a win-win there. So the good news is we know we're going through to the second round. The bad news is one of our best teams is going to be eliminated in the first round. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we 
be honest with you, I don't think anybody expected Montreal to do what they're doing now. I agree. Um, yeah, so yeah. we're thrilled with that. Um, and then you look at the other team that was uh, disappointing this year for us was Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, because that it's just Sidney Crosby alone winning another cup is, oh, is, huge. is is almost as big as anything else we could do. Yeah. Um, and he's got three now, so we're okay. But so the big teams in the first round, Pittsburgh, Toronto, Montreal, um, those are, those are the biggest ones that we have. And then, you know, we have relationships with teams like Tampa that we know if they get through, we're going to have a lot of work coming from right, them. And, right. And then we got to hope that it isn't a team with a very poor market marketability right right uh, i mean a lot of people would have argued that for for tampa you know it's 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 one of those markets that has a diehard fan base but the memorabilia sales aren't always enormous and and i point to the first few years of steven stamkos being in the league we had an exclusive arrangement with him or at least semi was this yeah no it was exclusive and And in spite of how well he had been performing and all the hype that had been brought upon his name when he entered the league, it was hard to find that market for him. Um, there was no market. Right, um, right. And, and Steven Stamkos is an elite player. Oh, and we oh, also, yeah. at the same time, did a deal with uh, Vinny LeCavalier. Right. So I remember flying down to do my first autograph signing with those guys. And there was signage all over Tampa, see Stamkos. It was that, the marketing that they did for great. And then the first game that I went to, you could you could sit in any seat in the house wow. and, and move around and because there was nobody in the stands and actually that was the same before uh in pittsburgh before sydney and got there chicago uh, in chicago right I mean, it, all those teams were dying it shows what times. winning does for a team and an organization and the economy of an entire city right? right like now we look at tampa as that would be great for us if they won whereas before we weren't so sure because we'd never been able to test that market or or the fans weren't as receptive to to the memorabilia but winning will do that well uh, Tell me how you think Mario Lemieux feels about yeah. what happened. He was trying to sell the team when Sydney came. Right. Now right. it's worth 20 times what it was back then or, what, sure. or whatever the number is. I mean, it's a gold mine. Yeah, remember the rumor Waterloo was the rumor. Pittsburgh could potentially, the Penguins could potentially have moved to Waterloo. Oh. Which would have been, I mean, who you know, no no shade at Waterloo, but would have been strange the what the league would have looked like had that been the case yeah. another canadian team and that leads me into a question that i want to ask about the nationality of the team winning a lot of people probably think that as a canadian company a canadian team winning the cup is super beneficial to us what are your thoughts on that uh that isn't necessarily true as we mentioned the two teams that we we feel very strongly uh, could help our business uh if they win it was pittsburgh and tampa yep um Pittsburgh kind of transcends the local market. Yes. Minnesota doesn't. Right. Um, you know, San Jose, eh, they got a neat logo, but they don't really. LA is a big market, but that's not where the, the West is not where it is. Colorado is a good market. It's yeah, one yeah. of the few West teams. Uh, Detroit. So an Eastern team is always better for us. Uh, we have relationships with it, but we don't do a lot in New York, although I'm talking to the Rangers right now about some things and, and the New York Islanders. So as we build relationships with the various teams, they, you know, then we start rooting for them more. But um, when you're limited, when, when the, the scale goes so far one way, when you have certain teams winning, for sure. It makes it really tough to watch a hockey game. I mean, it's it's funny too because you would almost think like what what the listener might hear when you say that is, well, I honestly could any team could win and I could make something out of it. You know, they're like, oh, so you don't even cheer for a team, but that's not it at all because, like you said, the scales are so much more in favor of the teams that we already have these relationships with that it could mean so much more. Are you even able? And I think I've kind of asked this before, but but worded it slightly differently or in a different context. Are you able, or do you find yourself? you know, morally being pulled in the direction of like, I should be cheering for this team, but this team is better for us. Like, is there a duality in, in when you watch games based on your personal preference and the business preference, or is that all just muddled now? I have to admit that as a diehard Leaf fan all my life, and with some of the great players like Carey Price, I, I think he's the best goalie in the league. But I have to admit that my relationship with uh, Sydney and and how we've represented him and his family f- since he was 15 years old, um, my heart's always there. Sure, I, he's my number one pick, and I, you know, I 
maybe other players get pissed off at me, but I think they'd understand I think what I, he's done for my company. Well, that's the and, thing. It, that, that has to be clarified. That's not to say that, that you know, he's your favorite kid or anything like that. What, what that means is that as a company, we have been through so much with Sidney and his family um, that it would be hard to relate that type of growth and experience. The coming up of our company alongside parallel to Sidney Crosby means a little bit more than it, than it could ever mean by, by, associating yourself with someone who's maybe a little bit farther on in their career in this. It's, it's not to say well, that there's that side of it, which is really important, but it's more than that. I yeah, mean, yeah. we, you know, as well as I do, I, you know, I talk to Sydney's parents on a regular basis. Right. And my, my wife, Lori is very close with the family. Um, we've just built that kind of relationship over the years. The same with Jonathan Taves, yep. who we didn't mention, but Chicago would have been a great series, and it's good to see uh, JT back. He yeah. messaged me the other day. It just, you know, nobody, he, people respected him being off for the season, gave him some space. He's coming back next year, and he'll be the same as he always was. He's, yeah, still still just so. just trying to win those cups. I, I mean, so so what you're saying is basically that there you will kind of find yourself leaning more towards some teams, not necessarily because of the business side of it, but because there is still that, that There's personal, a personal element. But what, 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 what accounts for a personal element has changed for you. It's not just because you're from Toronto. There's, a, there's more no, to it. No, no. I mean, obviously, I, if, I was, um, if I wasn't in this business, I'd be a diehard Toronto fan, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't care. I mean, I'd respect all the other players. I know I remember going to the games in, what was it, 92? two or 93 when 93, I think when, when I was going to the hockey game, when Toronto played LA, LA. Yeah. And I was sitting in the seats, three seats down from the LA bench. And as much as I respect Wayne Gretzky, I was so pissed, when, <laughs> when, you know, that, you know, <laughs> the, the, the penalty, penalty yeah, and yeah. all that. Um, uh, so I didn't have a lot to do with Wayne at the time. Um, and so I was a Toronto fan now be a different circumstance now that, uh, with the relationship of course with Wayne. but so th- that changed the whole world of of my whole world uh, i'll always want to see toronto win of course and, and trust me doesn't that matter even the players if toronto ever won the stanley cup and i'm hoping sometime uh longest stretch now i think an nhl team has for without winning but toronto wins it's going to be huge for for our company no based out what. of toronto yeah it, uh, and we've always had a good relationship with mlse as well so that right. so there's that so right. there there are always reasons to cheer for the home team for us um let's quickly go through the rest of the uh of the of the matchups here uh, vegas versus minnesota nothing nothing and, and that's just and i'm and i really love mark andre fleury i've yeah. known him for quite some time we work with him in pittsburgh Great, great guy. So I, I have a sentimental attachment to Las Vegas for that reason. Minnesota, um, nothing against them. It just doesn't do anything for yeah. our company. Even like business or personal. It's just right. kind of, even though it's some good hockey. Now, now the next one, obviously we've already talked about this a little bit, but we have Toronto and Montreal. When you first heard that these were matching up against one another, you already had mentioned that that was kind of, uh, that was kind of bittersweet. Uh, bittersweet. You know, you love a Toronto Montreal playoff matchup. Like how, that would have been awesome in the finals. That would have been amazing in the finals. I mean, there, there. You just can't. You can't ask for a then. better, a better, a better matchup. However, where Toronto fans and Montreal fans were ecstatic about it, even though you like both of the teams, or maybe because of that, you're almost dreading this series. Yeah, it, dreading and loving. Um, like I said, I, you know, if. One of the teams is going to be out regardless. And right. really, it comes down to, yeah, the longer they stay in the playoffs, the better it is for business. But on the other hand, it really is about who wins the for Stanley sure. Cup. For sure. Um, and then everybody else, like the minute they get eliminated, everybody's moving on to the next one. So if you end up with it with a Las Vegas-Minnesota final, um, I go to the cottage and fish. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there's nothing in it for us. So... Um, yeah, I mean, it was great, the hype and all that stuff. And and the good news was one of our teams was going to advance, but the bad news was one of the teams was going to get kicked out early. It's funny, I, I remember having the conversation with you when Montreal had won, and I was like, I'm just furious. I'm just so, I can't believe Toronto did this again. Oh my God, like I, I really th- I felt much better about this year. As a lot of fans were saying, um, not furious at the Leafs, just furious at, at the state of, of, of where we found ourselves yet again. And you had to kind of talk me down and be like, Mikey, 
Montreal is so good for us if they win. But me as a, a primarily Toronto, like on a purely personal level, Toronto and Pittsburgh fan, Montreal is always the quote unquote enemy, you know? Right. And, and you have to constantly remind yourself, I haven't been doing this as long as you have, I don't think, to train myself to realize it's not always about what your gut is telling you you need to cheer for. Sports mean an entirely different thing for us in this right, context. Right, so it's, right. it's kind of fun. The next one I want to talk about, Winnipeg versus Edmonton. I know your initial thought is Edmonton's taking this one probably for nothing right it ended up being the opposite but do you I mean we've dealt with both teams on a stadium level we don't have quite the relationship with the players on those teams that we used to but where were what were you thinking there either well, one we do is have good? a good relationship with the team with Edmonton yep uh, and Winnipeg. we also did the opening yep. uh, did, ceremonies for yep. for Winnipeg we had Andrew Ladd when he was a captain moved from Chicago and we did all the opening uh, memorabilia for the first game and work with Canada as, Post as far as a team specific promotion or project that we're working on I think Winnipeg was one of the most impressive when they came back and we were dealing with a lot of their opening day ceremonies I remember I was working here I couldn't believe the sales we were getting people were so excited to have them back in in their community fill in that stadium big time exactly and and it continues to be the fans there are just a treat (laughs) and we have to say that because our what my 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 wife, your mother, is from Winnipeg. That's right, from Selkirk. Yeah, there you go. Shout out to Selkirk and St. Andrews, if, if any of our listeners are from out there, yeah. Um, so Winnipeg was, um, it was going to be, it's not a big, big market. Right. I mean, if they win, any any team in in, in a city is rabid, uh, with rabid fans like Winnipeg is going to be good, but yeah. it's not Toronto, Montreal, Pittsburgh, New York. It's, For sure. It, it isn't that, it's going right. to be that kind of, business and we didn't have a lot of players although we do work with Hellebuck and and uh uh, we have some great relationships with a couple of the other players it's it's also interesting too because I mean this is no different with Tampa Bay but you are always when a team wins uh going to be competing against local options that they have and there are a lot of local options particularly around Edmonton it's a big hockey culture maybe you don't have quite the number of options in in Tampa Bay as you would which is why they may outsource it a little bit but when a team like Edmonton wins uh, or even Winnipeg, they have a lot of people right around them that are going to be like, hey, we're local, like come to us. And they have to, we have to give them a reason not to. Well, there is a tendency for the West to want to deal with the West. Right. It's always right. been the That's way fair, they yeah. don't, they're not big on the East coming in and taking their business, et cetera. They're loyal to themselves. And I respect that. But the fact still remains that nobody really can ramp up like we do. Right. And nobody has the expertise. Um, you know, the local companies can do some picture framing. They can do some other things. They can put some product together. But Frameworth has all the licensing for images and pins and uh, we can create our own images and canvases and whatever it is that we can do. And we have the formula, which is 80% of it. Right. You, got, you got to be ready with all the products. I mean, we have to, if we're going to melt the ice and put it in a puck, we have to have those pucks in stock and ready to go. And they come from China. Well, let's, as you let's, know. let's touch on that a little bit because I'm, I'm once again, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, uh, holding up the, the acrylic puck uh, that we would use to put the, the water, the melted ice from the arena in there. And now there are companies out there that could order the blank pucks. There are companies out there that could etch designs onto the puck. What we also have to bring to the table, because this is not just about us saying we're so much better than everyone else. You, there are necessary elements and components to this if you want to sell outside of what's called the local license of a team. And I want to get in the weeds here because I don't think a lot of people realize how this licensing side of things might work. Now we also need an NHL license just to etch, to use the machine that other people might have, to etch on a plastic that other people might be able to get. We need the relationship with the league, which we've established over the past years, to be able just to etch that logo on right. that, which is a whole other thing that that may eschew other competitors from right. being able to even they do the job in the first it. place. They right. can't do it. They can't ramp up, um, which puts us in a unique position. Right. And it's not, It's. I don't believe it's a fanatics model. I don't believe it's the upper deck model to get into this kind of business because it is really, really custom work. And that's not yeah. their, their thing. They're not into, you know, custom designing. Look, I go out to meetings with the teams and we have presentations uh, months in advance sometimes as soon as we know what the what the bracket is going to be, we right. start looking at it and say, okay, who you know who do we need to talk to with each team? Yes, uh, to be able to present them, and and they're pretty impressed with the fact that we're ready to go. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can't just wait for the team to win 
and then put your ideas it's too late together. at that point. It's, it's too late. Done. Yeah. There was a, I remember uh, to, to bring this back to video games as I am wanted to do on this podcast, there was a, a an esports league that came to the forefront, the Overwatch League that came out. And for anyone who's listening, uh, who also listens to the Retrograde Podcast, my other video game podcast, thank you for, for joining us over here as well. And when that team, or when that league started opening up, um, I had thought about reaching out to some of the licensing bodies to inquire into potentially obtaining a, a license to provide products for the Oversp- Overwatch esports league. Right. All the different teams. Right. Toronto was you getting came a to team. Me with that, yeah, yeah, and and by the time we had found the right people to talk to, this is before the league even was established. They had essentially said, "Guys, this is like we've we've got bids in for this. You know, like you're a little bit late to the party." What saved us was that, and I. Daniel Siegel, I, I believe was his name. I can't remember off the top of my head. He worked in licensing and did a lot of work with Wayne Gretzky through WG Authentic. So he knew about you and the company and he sort of let our bid in if we wanted to, uh, to kind of throw our hat into the ring. Long story short, uh, it involved some some uh, trading cards and all that stuff. So so other companies got, got the license and we sort of bowed out of it. But it, it's just interesting to see that even as someone who's in the know, like myself, I played the video game before the, 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 uh, the league was even made. Even then it was too late. There right. are already conversations before the league even becomes official about who's going to handle the licensing. And if you're not there, then you're already too late. Yeah, you have a reputation in the industry. So they come to you. And, and so many times I'll get calls from from teams i'm working with a number of teams now uh the, the kraken are are uh we're speaking with yep. uh, the islanders we're speaking with both new buildings going in so there's a lot of things that are happening out there that and they'll come to you even players like proactively agents will put players in touch with us because they need their jerseys framed and whatever so you build a reputation in a niche market and this is a custom market uh this type of stuff so it's big business but it's also custom and not everybody's suited to do it for sure. Now, you mentioned New York Islanders having a new building, and that brings us to the uh, next matchup in the initial round, and that was New York Islanders versus Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, you, we've been talking to the Islanders. You know, We know that they have some business uh, coming our way with the new arena and that we've been working on this project with them. However, they're up against our darlings in the Pittsburgh Penguins. What are your thoughts there? Are you are you thinking that even if the Islanders make it on, maybe there's a chance, or are you full on Pittsburgh? In this I, I could lie and say that I was hoping for both teams because they're good for us, but <laughs> I, I can't. Everybody knows that I'm uh, I'm partial to to the Penguins because of Sid, but um, but in the event that pittsburgh was eliminated we had a good shot with the right. islanders right. and you know we i years ago we had a relationship with uh di pietro we had yes. an exclusive yeah. deal and i used to go down uh fly down to new york uh, to see the islanders terry goldstein down there and, and talk to him about because they had to deal with us so the way the the contracts work and the cba is that the teams CBA are being the collective bargaining agreement right, yep. with the nhl is that the team's can ask the players for autographs for marketing purposes and charitable purposes. Right. But they have to confirm that they're not being resold in the stores. That's a whole source of income for the players that these, you know, the players association didn't want to um, bastardize by letting the teams just ask for sure as much um, as they could. Yeah. Now marketing is a very loosey goosey word. So many of the teams take advantage of that. I mean, if you see some of the things that they're put in front of Sydney to sign for marketing right. purposes. And no, they won't be sold in the stores, but will they be sold to give to top clients so that they buy a, 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 a boot? So it translates to money sure, sure, and all that. So they got to be careful with that uh, so they don't hurt the player's uh, income on, on autographs. Um, because from, from the other perspective, what, what we could say is that if the team is uh, convincing a player through a purposeful misunderstanding of the word marketing to sign items which are then being used to dangle in front of prospective clients who will buy something through the team our argument would be wouldn't it be better to share some of that money with the player because you're using them as a carrot uh to to kind of sign this so why don't you buy a bulk amount of these jerseys the player gets gets his his bit you get to still dangle that little carrot in front of the the prospective client and everyone is happy. That is what we... Well, that would be the smart move on the team's part. Some take advantage of the players and some don't. And, you know, by example, when we did the Winnipeg Jets opening game, we had three different items that we offered as a memento and each one included the ticket, 
Uh, one included a ticket, one included the ticket in the program, and one included the ticket in the program and an autograph from Andrew Ladd. Right. Um, the team paid him or paid us because uh, for the autographs. They didn't try and get them for free. Right. Um, some teams will. And then when the player finds out that he's been taken advantage of, then there's some resentment. Yeah. Um, you know, they don't, they don't, you know, they're all making money and the team makes money. The players make money, but what, what is written in the contracts is written in the contract. That's fair. Now getting to the, the next one, this was a great initial series, uh, depending on who you were cheering for, but, uh, we have the Washington capitals. Uh, we do a lot of work with Washington actually, uh, yeah. in the Boston Bruins. We also have, have had quite a history with them. Now, are you watching this one already? You know, Washington being a huge rival of, of Pittsburgh, thinking, you know what? If Washington goes on, we could have a, a Pittsburgh Penguins-Washington Capitals classic matchup in the second round. Um, or are you, are you rooting for that specifically? Or, or where's your mind going? I'll root, I'll root for Washington because we have a great team relationship with products that we build for them. They right. give us, uh, with not only their hockey, but their basketball. We've done some of their season ticket gifting. We've right. done, yeah. So those are things that they come to us, and and so never say anything bad about Washington. Um, we don't have uh, a relationship with um, Ovechkin, so, and he's the, you know, the, yeah. the core of the products that you would do in the autograph side. So if it was Sydney against... Uh, uh, Alex and Alex and uh, you know with uh, again it's uh, <laughs> we know we know we're but going, yeah. but uh, yeah I would never uh, I mean Washington certainly would be good for Framworth for sure um, uh, obviously Boston won that one so a little bit of a of a uh, uh, disappointment there but we do have a decent relationship with the team and that that could have resulted yep. when they won the cup last time we did we did quite, a whole season ticket set with them over the years you know it's, it's funny because sometimes some of our reps come and go and they have personal relationships right. with people down there. Right. I remember in Las Vegas at a trade show, sitting with the whole Boston organization yeah. and, and our rep that had a, uh, it was quite was a long Donna evening and a very much longer morning <laughs> uh, the next day, going to a trade show and having to work in that condition. However, uh, we did it. We always answer the bell. You got to, you got to do it. Um, now, in our next series, we have uh, uh, Carolina versus Nashville. Now, Carolina, uh, you know, we haven't done too much work with either team. However, we've had a great relationship with Dougie Hamilton throughout the years. Dougie uh, was one of our exclusive guys, still work closely closely with him. It isn't a great market um, yeah. uh, in terms of reselling autographs, unless they win the cup. Yeah. So, as was the case with Tampa, for yeah, example. And, yeah, and sometimes, you know, we can't buy enough from any one player when they move to a market like that that um, that we can sustain a, an exclusive deal because we have to guarantee so much business. Sure. Otherwise, we're, we're standing in the way of them making... So uh, I want to I wanna touch on that before you continue on your point. Hang on to that thought because a lot of people may not know this as well. You know, when we talk about exclusive relationships with the players, what that entails is an agreement that they will not sign autographs for any other company However, we have to guarantee that we purchase a set amount, the equivalent of a certain dollar value every year. Right. Now, it's similar with licensing as well, where we, we have to guarantee that we are going to sell enough product that the royalties that we give to the NHL or the NHLPA or the Hockey Hall of Fame or the alumni is going to equal the minimum guarantee. And equal if you don't better. hit it, you and have to pay the difference. comes out of our pocket. Right. And that's why... Most of the smaller companies don't do this. It's a big, it's, it's, it's a big, big gamble. gamble. Cause what happens if the player gets injured? What happens if the team does poorly? What happens? What happens? What right. Happens? Yeah. And, and, and when we have a great player and he moved to a bad market, then we're stuck with not only the stuff from the previous time, but the, with the, with the uh, player in a bad market. Right. Right. And that's happened. <laughs> it's happened. So we had Joe Thornton exclusively when he came to Boston right. years ago. Right. And that was probably the worst deal that I did. Not nothing against Joe because he's a great guy. And we've we've continued. We just to deal did with a him. signing yeah. with him, but um, Joe was in Boston, and I think two or three weeks later he got traded to San Jose, and we were stuck with I don't know ten thousand yeah. dollars worth of product that we couldn't sell because not only did he leave, but he left on not great terms. Uh -huh. So nobody in Boston wanted anything yes. to do with the until product. now. Now it turns around and 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 little people bit. forget a little bit, but. The uh, there was a similar situation with if you remember the the playoff run that the Montreal Canadiens had and they had two goalies to decide between Yaroslav Halak and Carey Price and there was a big question who are the Montreal Canadiens going to stick with and there was no question in my mind that that it was going to be although if you 
talk to Alan uh, Walsh, he, he would have disagreed with you. <laughs> but here's, here's the thing is we agreed the agent of Yaroslav Halak came to us and said, guys, he's, he's staying. Like he, 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 he made us think that there was a good chance he's staying, you know, take it with a grain of salt. An agent is going to try to look out for their player. Completely understand that rushed us into a signing. We do the signing. Uh, we purposely bring a lot of Olympic photos at the time because Yaroslav Halak had, had just played in the, in the Olympics there. And, uh, I think it was two days after the signing, it's announced that he had just been traded. Well, bad on us. I mean, it, it, we, what are we, we've yeah, learned yeah. so much over the years. I mean, I, we almost, you know, uh, jeopardized our whole company at one point because we signed so many deals without, by right, the time good. we got our product ready and that the season was almost over. Yes. We missed the whole Christmas season. Yeah. And then we couldn't meet the guarantees. And, and that we was, had to- we, we outlined that in, I think episode five of this podcast from signature chaser to industry changer, right? right. I think is what we called it. And it's, it's pretty interesting because we were on a high with signing new players. And right. then this, this was the potential collapse as there is in any industry, there's a bubble and then it bursts. So but, you, so you learn and yeah. you, you learn that what you, you've got to, be able to do is move enough product to at least uh, recover your investment back yeah. and then hope that the rest will sell through and the trip player doesn't get traded, et cetera. So that's there, there was, before we move on from there, I had a funny story cause I was at that signing. I think we did it in tandem actually with uh, AJ sports. I was there with Andrew Goldfarb of AJ sports and we were, we were doing this one together along with the agent and, and Halak. And, uh, and we, we remember uh, put a photo in front of him a 16 by 20 photo for him to sign. It was an overhead shot of him during the, the Olympics making what we thought was a save because it was a great looking shot. And as soon as we put the photo in front of him, he looks up at us like, really? And we're like, I know it's a really great shot, right? He's like, the puck is in the net. <laughs> the <photo laughs> you didn't notice that it was behind him. The puck was behind him already. So he was a good sport about it. He signed it, but uh, eh, yeah, that was no. uh, that was funny. I remember specifically driving to the airport after that signing, and there was a uh, a piece of graffiti etched into my mind on the top of a building, just enormous letters: "Halak is God." And that was it. Like he was, he had so much hype going uh, he, for him. He there. had a really good stretch there for a while. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So that's uh, that's uh, we we just went over Dougie Hamilton, and got into a little bit of a tangent, but great you, kid too. Yeah, yeah, abs- absolutely. He uh, met him a, f- a couple times, just yeah. super down to earth. A lot of people don't know this. Insanely smart, an incredibly intelligent person. I mean, academically, a lot yeah. of people wouldn't wouldn't know that or or maybe hadn't heard it. Uh, and then we have the Battle of Florida. We have the Florida Panthers versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. And uh, I I, I feel like Tampa, we know your thoughts on that yeah, one. But Tampa was, uh, yeah, obviously, we talked about that already. We yeah. Nobody really on Florida. Yeah. I like to go down to Florida once a year when Pittsburgh plays down. Didn't have not done it for two years. We go to with the Crosbys. We make a, a weekend out of it. And we yeah. have dinner and a party and then go to the game. And it's great. But yeah. Um, but that's the only time I really care about Florida Panthers. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's funny. They continue to put a team together that is insanely dangerous. And you know what? There was I remember hearing one of the parents of a player, I won't say who it was, but the parents of a player was telling me that the reason Actually, no, it was a player themselves that was telling me the reason why Florida always does so well in the regular season is because obviously they have a lot of talent. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not saying they don't but is because <laughs> players on other teams will often treat that stop in their schedule as somewhat of a vacation. What do you think Las Vegas does so well? <laughs> and Las Vegas is the worst for that because the players, it's always, it's always, um, yeah, how do they say? It's always a home game for the, for the for opposing the team. Opposing. Yeah. So you come to, you come to uh, Las Vegas and not, not only are the players prone to maybe stay up a little late, um, but they might stay up all night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know they they like to gamble, they like to party, and so it's 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 they got to stay focused. And Florida's the same; they go out golfing. Exactly. They, you know, they're human beings. Right. Like they're gonna. They're, well, they're in the we, middle of know, winter, January here, and they can go down and uh, you know practice in the morning, play golf in the afternoon. Well, people people you know maybe think that they're immune to that sort of thing. Oh, they're professionals. They got they can't do that. They got a game tomorrow. But we just talked about you know being at a trade show, staying up too late, and having to work through it. Well, that is the equivalent of them working through it. It's much more the case, uh, much less the case now. Uh, than it oh, was for in sure, the old for days. Sure. In the old days, if you talk to Eddie Shack and Bobby Hall and what went on when they went out of town, yes. it's crazy. Sometimes but, out of country in the case. These guys of, are uh, a lot more <laughs> professional, but they are young kids and yeah. they're going to, they got to let loose the odd time. And we just had to talk with Ro- uh, Rocket and 
he can tell you. Yeah, from last week's episode. Yeah, right. um, yeah I, I think there's so much to that because, you know, we, we, we go through the entire uh, uh, bracket and we, we go team by team. And you can see how when it comes to watching the NHL playoffs from the perspective of people who are in the business of sports, it is... I guess, you know what it kind of could be related to is like if you watch sports for the purposes of gambling, there are going to be different things. You're going to be betting on different teams and wanting other teams for different reasons other than just the home team should win. And what I'm trying to drive home here is that sports can mean so many things to so many different people. And when it comes to working within them, you know, our allegiances change over the course of a, a season, uh, our, our, over the course of a playoffs, even if someone gets hot and all of a sudden we're like, oh, you know, like, like a player scores a great goal and we look at our ticket and oh my God, we've signed this person exclusively. That's going to be enormous for us. Something like, well, you know, here's a good example. And it came up, um, John Tavares mm-hmm. exclusive to us. We go through years right. of him playing in, um, New York Island with a mediocre team. Didn't really, uh, he's a great player. Well, I saw a highlight the other night of of what he did on the ice from top top highlights and uh and and so he was great and a lot of hype about him and he goes to the island not the greatest market it's not a bad market when they're winning but they weren't right um and then he comes to Toronto and I'm going I'm I'm just rubbing my it was a public holiday yeah Uh, (laughs) it was like wow Tavares coming to Toronto this is big news and the team was turning around big time um, or, or think about someone like Taylor Hall, for example. You know, he's moved from team to team, and, and we have a great relationship with him right now. And, you know, there's always some free agent market buzz with him because he's he's moved from a couple teams. And every time that comes to the forefront, we're thinking, okay, what what's next? What if he does come to Toronto? What if he does go to Montreal? Uh, it's, it, there's are, always know? a pro and con. Like yeah. the, some guys come to your team. If you're lucky, other guys go away from the team. And like I said, you know, Tavares coming to Toronto was huge for us. Right. Um, we had uh, a number of different players going to other teams that weren't so good. And then even if they're going to a good team, you're still stuck with all the stuff from the previous team. But right. we still have a few Islander things for Tavares. Sure. So, you know, you've got to move them at some point and they go into the discount bin and whatever. So Or, or... What we do, and this is, you know, we'll get to this because we are running a little bit low on time, but in the case of someone like John Tavares, you know, first overall pick, had some great stats in in New York. What we did was take that jersey using some of our new technology, embroider some of his stats and make a limited edition jersey out of what otherwise may have been seen as a a relic of the past, which is, you know, him in the island. Make it into something as a special collectible. Right, And, and what I love about that is it's not, giving it a fresh coat of paint and and selling it as a new sports car. It's saying that, look, we understand that hype changes for a player based on the team that they're playing on, but every team that they have played for has an element of history. In the course of, you know, Paul Coffey's career, you can have a Detroit jersey, you can have a Pittsburgh jersey, you can have an Edmonton jersey. Maybe at the time when he moved from one team to another, you're not going to want his old team's team or uh, t- team's jersey, but over the course of their career, you need the collection. Well, to be- Patrick was a, is a great example sure, of that. Sure. You know, he left Montreal on bad terms, uh, but he won a Stanley Cup there and then moves over to Colorado. And so uh, whatever negative feeling they had in Montreal about him, uh, some of the fans, some of the fans love him regardless. Yeah. Uh, you saw him at the game the other night. Yeah. He, uh, he becomes a hero again. Exactly. I don't think if Joe Thornton ever went back to Boston, he'd be a hero there. You but, know, there's certain guys that wouldn't be. But say he had gone on in his but career, he say he had won three Stanley Cups with San Jose, you know, and 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 finished off his career and like first ballot Hall of Fame or something along those lines. Then all of a sudden, if you want to complete your Joe Thornton collection, you need that Bruins jersey. And what we're trying to say here is, it's not always about waiting for their career to be over. You know, there are there are reasons to own the jerseys from their past teams. So, so an avid collector, yeah, they'll want a piece of everything that he's done. Right. But the guy that's just in and out and want to buy his favorite yeah, team, yeah. he's never going to buy a Boston jersey. No, he's going to buy the San Jose jersey. The real collector, the guy that has is a Thornton fan. Or the, let's say, he's going to want a the, Toronto. The professional or diehard collector. Because right. you can collect in any way that you right. want. But yeah, right. yeah, right. yeah. So, no, I wouldn't put a lot of money in Boston Thornton jerseys right now. Fair. <laughs> You're not going to invest in it. It's right. not like Dogecoin. It's and not and, going and to I'm not disparaging Joe at all. Jumbo is, is a great guy, did a, 
a, a couple of big signings for us when he came to Toronto and they sold out. So yeah, yeah. great. Almost great immediately. Yeah. Um, great. So that we're, we're coming to the end there. I hope you enjoyed that, that uh, different sort of process that we had to, to kind of use the idea of the opening bracket as a framework to, 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 to guide our conversation around what a company like ours is thinking over the course of the playoffs. It's very different than the relatively myopic view of a fan who is only looking at their one team. We are looking at this from a, uh, an omniscient perspective. We are watching all the games and all the pieces moving uh, in hopes to see them land in, in some way that's beneficial to us. Um, anything else to say before we go? No, no, I've just, um, I'm enjoying the summer. I'm hoping that the uh, Habs take it another game, make it really exciting. Maybe take it to a third. I'd love to see a seventh game there, <laughs> regardless of who wins. But obviously we have a little bit better opportunity with Montreal, but who knows? I, you know, I called the third. I called the last game, which was uh, three nothing going to three one. I just kind of had this funny feeling that, yeah. And I think in the back of my mind, I'm thinking Tampa um, would, and again, it's better for us if Tampa we wins at home ice, because yeah. all the assets from the arena are a lot easier to get. Oh, that's fair. So you know, if we had to go to Montreal and ask for the nets and the things for a losing team give to the winning team it's a little trickier oh, see, that's i just just quickly i want to touch on that because when tampa won the cup last year it was in the bubble and therefore they had no control right. either team right over who owned the rink boards or the glass right. and this it all had to be purchased from a third party shipped over cut down shipped back yeah. it was it was an entire mess but now you know, with hockey returning to uh, each team's home arena, uh, maybe that'll be a little bit It'll easier. It'll be, a, I think, in the back of their mind. I know that they were trying hard to win in Montreal. Oh, but, of course. Yeah, But yeah, in yeah, the yeah. back of their mind, I'm thinking, okay, wouldn't it be nice to win at home? And sure. we got a little cushion here. But way, way back <laughs> yeah, in their mind. The They're not going to take any. Because if they ever lose the next game and have to go back to Montreal, it's a whole different story. That's, that starts yeah. to uh, start yep. to feel your neck a little bit. Once again, thank you so much for joining us. Brian Aaronworth, Thanks. President of Frameworth. I am Mikey Aaronworth, host of the Sign Off Podcast. And this is us signing off. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we made it to the end of yet another episode. Thanks again so much for joining us. You can find videos of all of our episodes on YouTube by searching The Sign Off Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Frameworth Sport or Instagram at Frameworth Sports. And hey, if you're not sick of me yet, you can find me on Twitter over at, at Retrograde Mikey, or you can always find me embarrassing myself over on Instagram at Aaronworth. The Sign Off is a proud product of Fadu Productions and Sad Styles Productions, executive producers Mikey Aaronworth and Andrew Bascom. Until next week, this is my Mikey Aaronworth, signing off. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!